Hello, and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast, where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. Today, we are discussing Netflix's 95th film. It's the 2018 science fiction film, Tau. It's directed by Federico de Alessandro. It stars Maker Munro, Ed Screen, and Gary Oldman. I am Jesse, and I'm here with MJ. How you doing? I'm good, mate. How are you? Good, 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 good. It's uh, good to be together to do a sci-fi film. It's been quite a while since we've had one of these, so I'm quite excited. As soon as you started talking, I'm annoyed at myself for not checking this, but we have not done that many sci-fi films. In, in the first 95 Netflix original films, hmm. like three I think or four? The last, the last one was probably Mute, possibly. Mute, yeah. Mute comes um, to mind. We did Ark. Yeah. They're um, the only two I can think of. Oh, yeah, I guess the it, top of my head. Do you want to count... Um, Oh, I've got Cloverfield, I've, Cloverfield. yeah, Cloverfield, yeah, yeah. We count that as well. Um, yeah, so um, it's nice to do because I'm I'm a bit of a fan of sci-fi films, so I don't mind them yeah. at all. You know, I'm a bit of a Star Trek fan, and you know, don't mind the Star Wars films. So it's always nice to see a, a sci-fi film on the list um, coming up. Yeah, that's true. You know, I, I I would historically not classify myself classify myself as a sci-fi fan, but I do kind of enjoy watching a good sci-fi like uh, when we when i heard we we're doing a sci-fi for this i was like cool and i think i put it on on a sunday night and i'm like yeah i, I feel like a sci-fi i feel like there's like real escapism oh, good well yeah i can uh, recommend you a couple of good sci-fis <laughs> if, uh, sure you can. if you need <laughs> but um we'll, we'll get into this one and we start off our show with our fast flicks where we do our own little summary of the film so mj what's your fast flicks for tau Oh, it's it's pretty bad. Um, a sci-fi about a girl who is locked up by a mad genius and primarily guarded by an AI being. Yeah, I, I struggled to do a fast flicks for this one to make it sound coherent. Um, it, it, was, it, was, it was a little bit of a struggle to actually identify what this film was about. So um, I feel your, I feel what you're saying. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I've said uh, people are kidnapped to help create a top secret AI program that's meant to change the world. And that's cool. That's no, like, I don't mind that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I, yeah, and I've got some issues with my fast flicks anyway when we start talking about this one because, um, yeah, changing the world, that's such a, a big concept to, yeah, but that's to, to sort of cover. See, the fast, what I, what I like, I think I've said this a thousand times on this podcast, maybe 95 times, but um, what I like about a fast flicks is this is my elevator pitch. If someone says, what is Tau about? If you mm. if you had said that to me, I'd be like, okay, cool. Like, that's that's an interesting concept, and and I think it tells you enough about the film. I like it. I think you've done well. Well, thank you. Yeah, but obviously, um, I, I don't want to let people down by saying that and then them watching it, going, "What did I just watch?" But uh, but you didn't lie. Like <laughs> I did. When they watch the film, they go, "Oh, yeah, that's exactly what he said." Oh, good. Yeah, and I, I completely agree. That's to me. That's what I took out of it. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that's a tough one, and we'll probably struggle uh, throughout this one to sort of put our thought. Or I'm going to struggle to put my thoughts together about this one. Uh, there's, I've got so many things just running through my head about this. So that's why I'm we like to chat about to, it. Uh, I reckon. So I'm looking forward to hearing what you've got to say, um, and I also like to hear what you have to say about anything we've learned about a film. So what have you learned okay. about this one, MJ? Uh, not a lot, Jesse. But I, I do know that in in May 2016 was when it was first announced that. Maker Munro and Ed Screen, Screen, I don't know, Screen. Uh, they joined yeah. the cast of the film uh, with Federico Di Alessandro directing the film. So that was May 2016. Uh, a few months later, in August, um, that was when it was announced that Rio Films and Hercules Film Fund would produce the film. 
And then it was November the following year. So uh, a year and a bit later. Yeah. November 2017, Netflix acquired the distribution rights to the film. And then it wasn't released until June 29, 2018. So it's kind of been around for a while and, and... was work, was a work in progress for some time before Netflix finally put it onto their streaming platform. But apart from that, I can't find much more juicy details about how it got there. Yeah. The, the only other sort of thing that I, I, I sort of looked into was the title, I guess, of the film. Um, and it, it towers the, the 19th letter of the Greek alphabet. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's possible that um, it could also be the acronym of one of the characters' names. Um, one of the characters in the film is... Um, Alex, but his full name is Thomas Alexander Upton. So that could also be an idea for his name. You see that there's a shot where they show the magazine yeah. covers on the wall in this one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, in um, yeah, Greek letter of the alphabet, it, it means things in physics, all those types of things. But I don't know whether you can really relate this to the film. Um, that's probably I, I, me I, trying to look into it. <laughs> I was trying to remember whether they reference it at all. They don't actually say the acronym and what it means in any at any point, do they? No, not at all. So okay, because I, I just the, assumed the of... that I'd missed it. <laughs> nah, didn't miss anything. No, not at all. Um, Before we say anything else, though, I think we should do a spoiler alert. It's really difficult to talk about this film without without spoiling it. Um, yeah. And I think you almost wanted to. There, it would have been nice if you could have talking about that main character. Um, yeah, it was tricky. Uh, uh, yeah, good good job because uh, we needed to yeah put that out early for this one. I think. Yeah, if you haven't seen it and you do want to see it and you don't want it spoiled, then turn off now and then watch it and then come back and listen because we are going to spoil the film. Yep, correct. So uh, this one was filmed in Serbia, which uh, I don't think we've had a film that's been filmed in Serbia. So that was an interesting uh, filming location. I did see that and I couldn't figure out why because it was all, um, could have basically been done on a set or in a house. Like it was no real external scenes. Yeah, and, and they had a lot of uh, funding from the Canadian production services as well. So a bit of a, a joint production between Canada and Serbia. So interesting mix of uh, countries for this one. Well, there you go. Um, and this was nominated for an award. Oh. Uh, one of one of the awards that we often see that um, uh, in the Netflix trailer? films. It was, uh, it was nominated. It was a, the Golden Reel Awards. Yep. It was nominated for Outstanding Achievement in Sound Editing for a non-theatrical okay. feature film. So um, so obviously, yeah, the, okay, it's, a, yeah. A diff- it, it's not a trailer at least, but it, it did get a nomination for an award, which is a, a nice sort of uh, thing to hear every now and then for a Netflix film. I'll give it that. And, you know, on that note of sound editing, this film uses the Wilhelm scream. Now, I didn't know what the Wilhelm scream was. Uh, and I'm sorry to say, if you're sitting there listening, oh my God, I can't believe he doesn't know that. I didn't know. And I looked it up and it's basically a stock sound effect that mm. is a man screaming. And it kind of sounds like he's screaming and falling. And I've watched a, I watched a video clip today about like a whole lot of those, these screams put together. It's been in 441 different movies, this sound effect. And it's kind of like, it sounds a bit like a man screaming and falling. And if you hear it, you will recognize it. Like as soon as you hear it, like, ah, I have heard that stock scream before. So it started in 1951 in the film Distant. Oh, did you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I did my own impersonation to try. <laughs> That's what it is, isn't it? That's the, yeah. the sound that you're talking about. Yeah. That's it, mate. Yeah. Play it again. Yeah. 
Oh, I don't know if I can. I, I, I had to stretch my vocal cords to get that one out. That, was, that, that one sort of hurt. Oh, hang on, I have to build up my... Hang on, let me see if I can build up my voice again and, and play it again. There, that was it. <laughs> the theatrics, <laughs> mate. Well done. Um, but yeah, that's the scream, right? Um, it's been in like Star Wars movies, Indiana Jones, a whole lot of Disney and Pixar movies. Like I saw, like a, I saw it in Aladdin and... It's often used as almost like a background scream that when there's a whole lot of shooting or something going on. Uh, and mm. they use it in this film at the end when the house is sort of caving in. Um, but I, I just enjoyed learning about the Wilhelm scream because of researching this film. And I am going to keep an ear out for it going, going forward. Good. Yeah, it's um, it's got, sort of got that freedom that you can use it uh, creatively without needing to sort of worry about it too so that's a it's a, it's a good little thing to to put into your um your short films if you're making one on a low budget yeah um, and yeah. i think people have a bit of fun with it now as well because it's such a thing um yes and so you sort of just chuck it in from time to time which i'm sure star wars and, and indiana jones were like yeah why not let's use it it's fun <laughs> so yeah i had a percentage match for this one on netflix uh two weeks in a row i've had one okay i don't think i did i, I would have looked at and it was exactly the same as last week 63 percent Oh, Jesse, uh, yeah, Mr. Sci-Fi. I know, 63%. So two in a row that I've had uh, on the, the low scale, which is... A what have you been thumbing down? I, I don't know. I really don't know. But mm. yeah, they, they, they predicted that I may not like this one. Uh, Netflix's algorithms, eh? Yeah, the, that weird and wonderful world that we don't understand how it works. <laughs> let's, let's have a look at uh, some of the consensus for this one. What, what, what have you got for this? It's not overwhelmingly positive. Um, but we've seen worse. So it's a it's a five point eight out of ten on IMDb, and that's mm-hmm. off twenty over twenty four thousand ratings. So that's quite a few. Quite a few people have seen it and rated it and think it's mediocre, and and that's a little bit lower on Letterboxd, sitting at a two point six out of five, uh, off nearly nine thousand ratings mm. for that one. So it's probably on the lower scale just under par you would say for this film but not not hated but people aren't writing home about it the the google users uh, had this one at 87% so oh they liked it though yeah quite a lot higher which is a, a good sort of a difference i guess because then when you head into rotten tomatoes oh, they yeah the the critics had it at 25% on oh, 11 critics. reviews um and the audience had it at 48%, which is <laughs> okay. uh, yeah. yeah, quite a bit lower, but only on a bit over 500 ratings, but yeah, still quite low. Uh, yeah, okay. Compared, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, any, uh, I think we're ready for the early thoughts on this one almost. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm happy. Yeah. Yeah. Give me, give me your thoughts. I want to hear. I want to hear. Well, look, unsurprisingly, from what everyone else thought about the film, like it, it did have a lot of flaws, and I think one of the main ones was it just lacked any form of subtlety in what it was trying to do or say. But I think it also had a really interesting concept, and I kind of like the take around that ability to influence AI. So, all in all, I thought it's like one of those good bad movies. Like I, I found the flaws in it a little bit charming, and and despite them, I I kind of didn't mind the little journey that that they sort of went on. Um, and I didn't really realize this until the movie was coming to an end. And I was like, oh, I kind of like this. <laughs> but that's it's kind of how I feel. I didn't, I didn't mind it. It was, it, was, it was sort of fun. I didn't take it too seriously. And I think that's, I think, I think the film took itself more seriously than I took it. And <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sort of glad I took it in that light because it was just, it was kind of enjoyable. 
Good. Yeah, well, I I was hoping I was going to like this one a lot more than I did. And mm. I, maybe that's just because I was like, oh, cool, sci-fi film. Uh, I, I still enjoyed it, mm. but it was all over the shop. Like, it, yeah. it, was, it, it was just, it was quite messy. Um, so, yeah, enjoyed it, but very messy. So I'm looking forward to having a chat about this to see um, what we can sort of agree on with uh, what are some things they maybe could have improved to make this a more... Um, more proper cohesive. flowing sort of that film. <laughs> yeah, cohesive is the perfect word. <laughs> All right, so time for some characters. So uh, let's let's start off with Julia, MJ. Julia is the the main character in this one. Yeah. What do you What do you think about her? Oh, look, I was I was obviously rooting for her, so that's a good mm. sign. Um, but she she made some really weird decisions though, and from time to time, she seemed a little bit slow to get with the program, and I was often thinking things like. Now try this, or why don't you do that? And then she eventually did end up doing it. And that's what I mean by this film lacked that subtlety. Like, it really wanted you to know what it was going to do before it did it. Like, it, it spelled it out for you, and then the character was like, oh, this is what I should do. So um, so I, I liked her in the sense that I, I wanted her to do well, but she kind of frustrated me at times as well. And the whole troubled past that she had was always going to come back to that whole my creators did bad things to me too line that was just waiting to happen for the entire movie. Um, but yeah, she was, I don't know. The fa- I, I can't look past the fact that I was on her side and I wanted her to do well. And that's, that's the crux of what you want out of your lead in this role. Yeah. I and mean, that's all you can really ask for. I think, um, because yeah, I I really really enjoyed her setup as a character. I thought okay, str- I, I thought straight away you could tell she was desperate. Like you saw, she needed to steal. She had to pawn, and at the same time, she had ambition. And that's why I liked the opening scenes where she goes to her apartment and there's like this tiny little poster on her fridge that's you know applications for a music college, and you know she sits on her windowsill and she feeds this dove. And I just liked that she wasn't this down and out person. But then. I, I did not like the follow through for her character. Um, mm. There was there was so much more that I wanted from her that from that setup I didn't get. Um, and I know she was in a situation that you know you don't know how you're going to react in a situation when you you know you're kidnapped and you you're locked up in a a place that you can't escape. Mm. But at the same time, I think like you, you mentioned a little bit the the choices in in actions that she mm. did throughout didn't really. Um, sit well with me when the setup was she's mm. she's pretty switched on she knows what she's doing she's able to you know use people or or able to to do things to advance herself i just thought mm. that we could have seen more of that in that situation where she's trapped than we did see almost um, yeah that's a really good yeah. take i think that's that might have been what confused me as well with that character because you're right they do set her up as crafty and driven and obviously they set you up as well as that she's a bit of a loner and she's down on her luck a little bit. So that's why she got chosen, I suppose, for this, because no one's going to be missing her. And But she was smart enough to realize that and she could rally those guys at the very start. She was a doer. She got things done. And then she went a little bit dumb, to be honest. Mm. And, and and it wasn't playing dumb. Like That wasn't that wasn't going to get her out of there. She just made these odd decisions that, you're right, just seemed off the character that they, they'd set up for us. So that's a really good, really good pickup. Hmm. Yeah, and yeah, that, like because yeah, I, I just wanted to see her do more than she did, and you know, I, you expect that Stockholm syndrome sort of um, 
Mm-hmm. Those are the types of things that you're going to see. You know, she sympathizes with her captor and, and those types of things. But they sort of came really, really late and were sort of not even done in a way that you felt that was what she was feeling. Um, you're right. It, yeah, it was just, yeah, a little bit tricky when she's the the main protagonist that, like you said before, you, you want to see her succeed, but I wanted to see her do it in the way that I expected her to do it, not yep. in a sort of confuzzled way. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, that's super convenient that you feel that way. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. All right, who, who would you like to talk about next? Uh, let's talk about Alex next so we could save Tao for, for after. Good. So, I Alex, think... what do you think about him? I think I would have liked to have known more about how he got to being a, a genuine psychopath because they really do gloss over his mass killings in the name of science because <laughs> they definitely show these sides of him that has like a touch of compassion. There's a bit of lust there. As a character, he had so many of these human traits that his actions would suggest that he doesn't have. Like even just thinking of like a you know, a killer in an Alex Cross novel or a, a, one of those, they're, they're really, there's something different about the way they're wired, which is why they're mass murderers. This guy, I understand the science angle, but he's he's killing multiple, multiple people. And, and you don't act the way that he kind of was normalized and got sucked in by her and bought her nice clothes. And like, it, it didn't add up both sides of the story to, to me. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I'll probably talk about this a bit later on. And I think it's because they didn't really develop that, the actual project he's working on and off. Like if you fully understood this <laughs> AI project a little bit more, you probably may have had more sympathy or compassion or understanding for his motives. But because they didn't really flesh out the idea of what, what this whole system, like what, what was it going to do to change the world? They didn't really mm-hmm. do that. And without that, you've sort of got the, these mixed feelings for him because you just see him as this controlling person who's used to having power and has to have power all the time. And he's a loner. And yeah, and, and that, that's what you walk away from it is that it's this, this loner guy who's happy to isolate himself from the world. But if you want to feel that he's doing this because he thinks he's doing something better for the world, but you don't actually get that feeling because you don't know what he's doing for the world. <laughs> it's a really good point. Yeah, but, yeah. Because I'm more of the idea that he's just so obsessed with the science and the results and, and, He's so close to figuring out something and he's, his brain's wired in that way that if he's got an itch, he's got to scratch it. Because you're right, you don't get any sense of him being like, don't worry, I'm going to I'm gonna save the world with you. I'm going to change the world. This is going to be huge. Because you don't get that vibe. You just get that he just has to figure it out. Because I, To your point though, Jesse, like what, what was he doing? I didn't, like, I'm assuming he was using human brains to emulate a greater strand of ai kind of thing as opposed to purely computer generated well the what i i sort of pick and this is based on sort of me connecting the dots a little bit and i think it could have been like this could have been an amazing movie this could have this could have been a really really good sci-fi because the the gist of what i was getting was that he's picked these people who have had trauma in their lives Mm. and they all they make this comment about you know you're replacing these damaged blocks in in their by taking out their memories or whatever it is, you're replacing these damaged blocks so they've no longer got that trauma. So then oh, they yeah. should be able to function better in society. And I think oh, that yeah. was the the overall gist of what the the idea of what they were trying to do. But I don't think they did. And you know, you've got those flashbacks of her childhood and yeah, stuff, so yeah, it all yeah. makes sense. But they don't. They they needed to 
to put more emphasis on it and needed more emphasis on Julia's background and and why she's so traumatized and and you know he, you needed him to as a character Alex to be able to explain to her not just be this cold-hearted mm. sort of guy that's like I'm just in it for the science all you need is one line of him saying you know being a little bit emotionally open to her to say you know I actually want to help people and the idea of what I'm doing is this and then maybe he would have got her on side a tiny little bit more rather than just this this back and forwards of what you, you expect to happen in this film, I guess. Mm, yeah, I think you're right. I, I think they could have done a lot more work thinking through this character and what we want to see of it, because I think you're right. That, that, that was, that would have been the, the concept that he was going for. And, and that is certainly, you know, an absolute game changer in the world, but mm. it, it, it's almost like they're, they're in both parts of, of this character. And the one part that they are, showing the compassionate human side. And the other part is this cold, deadly, uh, emotionless person. And, and they keep mixing it. I, I think if they're going to make him that complicated, they need to give me a reason as to why he's so complicated that he can flip through two of them or they make him one or the other. But it, but what they did didn't, didn't quite, I didn't quite get him. It didn't add up to me. No, because like, like you mentioned, you, you're seeing this guy that's just happy to, to kill off people for science without yeah. giving you like, because if you show him having a, even one little side cut of him sitting in his room by himself, being emotional at the loss of some of these people, you, you'd yeah, more okay, with yeah. him. You'd, you'd totally get it a bit more. Um, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think, I think that's um good little chat about him. I liked that. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Tao. I think that's the, the other sort of character that yeah. we need to talk about. What, what do yeah, you think yeah. about Tao? Look, this is a tougher one. Um, I felt like they were pretty true to his, computer learning early on when he kind of kept saying things like I don't understand and all that kind of stuff but eventually he changed his tune and he changed it really quickly um, which is similar to what we said about Julia I guess but I mean you know what though like she did put in the work and I'm actually kind of okay with it you know I, I don't know I was still unsure like all of a sudden he was just like you know what no nah, Julia is the man I'm gonna I'm gonna save her uh, and it just felt like it happened really quickly. But you know what? Tower is a bloody legend, so I don't want to be too. I don't want to yeah, be too I, hard. I wasn't too sure what I was supposed to think about Tower really because I didn't really feel connected with Tower. To me, it was too rob- robotic. It was, yep. and I, I get it's a AI, and I get it's meant to be robotic. But that whole yeah, the, I, I didn't mind. Like a lot, of, a lot of the scenes that I liked in this were were sort of those connections that that Julia was having with Tower that sort of. Mm-hmm resembled a little bit of humanity i guess mm. um but at, at the same time i still didn't fully get that connection because i think it, yeah tower was still too almost controlled by alex but at the same time not a fully fleshed out character that you probably need the title character of the film to be to, you need to have more sympathy for for this ai to want it to succeed to want it to to develop this humanity and it, it, it sort of yeah it sort of didn't reach that for me uh, but I think this is that's a fascinating side of the story. It was the ability to make an AI feel something and make decisions based on their own perceptions of right and wrong, as opposed to what they're programmed to do, and hmm. whether that works better as a concept as opposed to a character hmm. is left to be seen. But that's that's kind of what was so fascinating about the film and in, in the first place that th- th- this hmm. is the the thing that you take away is like okay what what can you do with an AI and can you make it feel things and can you make it change what it's programmed to do? So 
Um, but you're right. Does that work as well as the character? Uh, maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. I haven't got anyone else to talk about in this one. I think I'm... Um, that's no. those three were the, 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 the crux <laughs> of it. Um, the the director, so um, Federico de, Sal- de Alessandro, okay. first feature, a couple of shorts, but did you see the, the work <laughs> that he's done as an artist? Like, so he's a storyboard artist, obviously. Yeah, storyboard artist and an animatics um, supervisor. Yeah. Some so, those, like, yeah, go for it. What have you got? Basically, basically every Marvel <laughs> film. Marvel film, <laughs> yeah. But even like things like Bird Box, um, yeah. the Goosebumps sequel, Bad Boys for Life, like he is in hot demand. Mm. So, um, and I think uh, visually you can probably see that in this film as well, that you've got a really good understanding of how to, to put some visuals on a screen um, mm. that, that, look, that, that fit in well and don't look too, um, you know, out of place in, in a world that you're trying to connect with. It kind of makes sense as well that maybe he's just kind of lacking in that uh, the story yeah, side of things true. and yep. some of the holes that we were just pulled out in the character development and whatnot. Hmm. All right. Time to talk about some scenes. Let's do it. I think for this one, give us some ones that you, you enjoyed in this one to start off with. Um, I didn't mind it really early on when, was it Ares, that like killer robot they had? Mm. Is that the name of it? Ares? When Ares yep. killed that guy at the start, it was just so unexpected and so violent <laughs> the way that it happened. I didn't I didn't know this was the kind of movie we were watching, but I was all for it. I thought it was great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the next scene that I did like was when she had that nightmare sequence where she was kind of looking through the, the garbage chute or the laundry chute, whatever it was, mm. uh, and that hand grabbed her, gave me a bit of a jump, which was yeah, <laughs> just really yeah, good. You, you like the, the, the jump scare in this one. <laughs> yeah, it got me. I was like, oh! <laughs> then she woke up. I was like, oh, okay, you got me. Um I liked it when she snuck into the vents. It was good to show that she still had her wits about her. Her focus was still to get the hell out of there. And that vent seemed like a pretty good opportunity at the time. And she went pretty close. So I was glad that it wasn't just an hour and a half of her trying to convince an AI to befriend her. It was good that she was still at that killer instinct. And then finally... I loved it. Like the shot of this movie is when she walks out with that severed hand. Um, <laughs> but I, I kind of didn't mind the whole final sequence. I actually loved it when she had to warm up the hand to get it, yeah. to get it to. And I don't, I don't think I was supposed to like it the way I did. So that was kind of me laughing at it. But I, I, I didn't care. Like by the, I think I was laughing at or enjoying this film on a different level than, than the director wanted me to enjoy it. Um, but that was awesome when she kept warming it up and just the whole escape was, yeah, I was, I was into it. Yeah. I've, I've got that down as one of the things I really enjoyed too, because I just liked that they, they did that sort of a cut where she has that sort of um, chain, like whatever the, the chainsaw sort of thing. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's saw sort of thing. And, yeah. you know, like, and she cuts and she's got the hand in her hand and I'm like, this is going to be good. And I, yeah, I thought heating it up, I thought it was really clever. Like for her to think like in, in a, a moment where she's under pressure, she's got yeah. to think just the idea to know that she needed like to, to have the wits about her to do that. I, th- I thought that was, that was excellent little scene as well. Yeah. Uh, that whole final sequence, probably almost like 10 minutes. I was, I was all in, um, mm. thought it was great. I, as I said, I was rooting for her. I wanted her to get out. It wasn't one of those movies, you know, some movies that don't have a happy ending and it just works. This film kind of needed it because it was a bit cheesy and, you know, real B-grade kind of movie. 
and I just needed that happy ending, and I was ready for it, and I got it. So that was good. I, I, I just enjoyed the whole little bit at the end. Good. All right, my turn. Your turn. Ooh, all right. Um, I I mentioned this earlier. I, I really enjoyed that montage at the start of uh, Julia's sort of past, her traumatic past, because I I think sitting there watching it, I was like, good, this, is, this gives me that reason, that understanding of what's going on why she's been chosen by Alex to to be a part of his experiment because deep down somewhere there is that idea that, you know, the, he has a reason for these people that he picks. Um, so I, I did enjoy that, but obviously I was a little bit frustrated that it wasn't further developed. Yeah. Um, I, I liked um, where Julia, you know, when Alex goes off to work and she has to do these puzzles and I thought that it was, I had a bit of a giggle when there's that scene where she does a puzzle and he looks at her work and it says like, go fuck yourself in, in the puzzle letters. I thought that was, um, says, go was fuck yourself funny. psycho. Because <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, psycho. Yeah, so that was, um, I enjoyed that. And, and I did enjoy like, not all of them, but I enjoyed some of the scenes with, you know, Julia reading to Tao and, and filling mm. Tao in on, on the world. And just like that, my favorite out of all of that, I guess, was that little whisper, teaching him how to whisper. I was like, mm. that is just a, a human condition of, you know, this, this communication that you do because you don't want to be heard by others. And I, and I really enjoyed the way that she was able to, to teach him how to whisper, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. To that point, I actually should have mentioned, I love that scene when he showed her all the memories he had of her learnings. And how he'd sort of stored it all, and it came out in that graphic, and it made you think, like, oh, this guy's, oh, this guy, yeah, what now? Let's call him a guy. Mm. He's really trying to to learn, and he's taking it all in, and he's 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 piecing it all together. That was really fascinating and visually yeah, almost, beautiful. Almost forms himself into a human too, with that hand that reaches out. Um, yeah, touch her before they're interrupted. So yeah, I, that that was quite nice too. I love that question. He's like, oh, so I'm a person, and mm. it's like, oh, I, yeah. I don't know. Are you? You think like one? You're probably nicer <laughs> than most of them. <laughs> True. All right. What are some things that you you didn't really like in this one? Um, it kind of annoyed me when she first got captured and she was in that cage downstairs, and and she backed into that electric gate when backing away from the other guy that was in her cell. Because mm. he he was clearly the, the whole thing was meant to be like, oh, is this guy going to get her? And he meant no harm. So you'd think like automatically he'd like put his hands in the air or something to show that he's like on her side. And they made him look really menacing and scary. It just the, the impact was really forced. Like I wanted it to feel more organic that she was frightened of this guy. Not that, oh, this guy's clearly on her team, but we're going to give us a little scare anyway. I, it didn't work yeah. for me. It, it felt sloppy. I, um, the, 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 like that guy and the, the girl with the fried brain, that, that whole setup at the start, like – every piece of his dialogue was literal rubbish. Like it was useless. He was literally just saying out loud the actions of what they were doing. And <laughs> yeah, I, like you didn't need that. You did not need him talking, say, should we walk towards the door? Sort of like, it was just like, oh my God, mm. seriously. Like you, you don't Yeah, need don't and, put it on the generator or whatever it was. It's <laughs> yeah, going to burn up. I was like, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, wow. And I get to the front door, you know, should I put my hand on this set? Like, and those yeah, flashing right. red yeah, lights right. in that scene were like a little bit too much for me too. I was like, it was just too full on, like to start off with. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I agree that those two characters, like obviously they were killed off very quickly, but at the same time they did like, and it's nice to know there were other people other than um, Julia there, but at the same time they didn't really add much um, as characters. <laughs> yeah. Look, to be honest, they didn't bother me that much. And I, I caught when they did get killed off, I was 
surprised and and intrigued because I just assumed this was going to be a story about the three of them being captured together. So it it added something nice, man, and to your point that you made, that it was nice to know that there were others that were there at that point in time as opposed to in the past. But Hmm. uh, there were a few issues there as well. Uh, Not long after that, when he was was like literally going to murder Julia, and he stopped because they started paying playing Chopin. Like <laughs> his Zen, he's at his Zen moments when he went yeah, like, Zen mode. Yeah, heart rate's a bit high. I'm going to play some Chopin for you, and it's like, oh, you know what? <laughs> I won't kill her. That that was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what was it that scene where he kind of walked in on her after she'd had a shower, and then just walked out? It's like they wanted to develop this like somewhat sexual interest that he had in her. But they like forgot to do it properly, and they just added this seated where he's like sus walked into there. That was completely out of the blue, mind you. And yeah, I, I like, get what they were trying to do. It didn't work. It was like when he came home with the clothing, and he's like, "Oh, here's some sexy underwear." Um, <laughs> yeah, and then like, well, okay, he bought. The, and she never wore it anyway, so I don't, I don't know. It was, it was weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And the other thing I didn't like was the scene where Tao reveals that there's a self destruct button. Like it really wasn't relevant to anything in the story at that point in time, and it was clearly just foreboding what was going to happen. And that at some point, she's <laughs> going to have to push the self. Like, oh, what's his room? It's like, well, you know what? You got me. The self destruct button's in. She's like, yeah. ah, like I knew it. And it's like, what the hell? Like, no one's suggesting that there's a self destruct button here. I don't think that's the solution to get out of the house. I've got that as well because I'm like really with the self de- next to self destruct button. I'm like really like it's just such an easy way out to just destroy everything that that ever happened in this film. It's like we can we can destroy it all and just finish this film. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I kind of didn't I didn't care that that's how it ended. I just cared that they brought it up once out of the blue for no other reason than we're going to have to bring this back at the end and we need you to know about it. Like. <laughs> Tied into the plot in another way, as opposed to, oh, there's a self-destruct button in the room. It's like, oh, okay, well, obviously they're going to use that. Yeah. Uh, but that's all. all. Right. That's all. All right. Um, so, yeah, so a couple that you've had that I had as well. Um, but those little flying cleaning things, like, oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I was just like, surely you could get Tao to do that. If Tao's that intelligent, you don't need these little... But Tao, Tao did do it. Like, he, he runs it. He, he basically, because he was in one at the end, right? Yeah, I've got leaves. some thoughts about that later on too. <laughs> um, but either yeah. way, like yeah. Tao does clean. He just does it through different devices or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, use use that Aries thing or something. You don't need all these little. I don't know. Th- those things annoyed me. Um, the, I, I mentioned this as I mentioned this as well. Like any mention of the experiments or this intelligence algorithms or whatever they were, like it just didn't go into enough detail of. Uh, what they wanted the outcome to be, except that it's going to change the world. And only because you look into it deep enough that you can sort of come up with some ideas they needed to, and then I would probably complain that it was too explicit in your face, but they needed something to actually give more behind that. Um, I was going to say, it's a good point. In a movie where everything was so explicit, and and as I said, it lacked any sort of subtlety, like everything that they were going to do, they, they laid it out for you before they did it. That was the one thing that when we talk about it, I'm like, this is a really good reason for why he's doing this research and he's picking the appropriate people but give us a little bit more of an explanation of how excited you are about changing the world and what you can do about people with you know mental health issues and it's a great thing and it's relevant and they just glossed over it's a good point yeah and like you know they had enough of these little scenes with him doing those video conferences with the board so that ample opportunity to 
actually add that into the dialogue somewhere and they just didn't do it. Um, That's a good and, point as well because yeah, those scenes um, were useless. Like they, yeah. they did that to just show that she had like this tiny bit of moment on her own that she could think of a plan or whatever. They wasted those dialogues in that scene. Because she had enough time when he's out at work during the day anyway. And where is he yeah. going to work? Because the, the, the board people tell him multiple times, we haven't seen you. You haven't given us any evidence. What's, so where was he going? Like, I'm, I was confused. Um, yeah. And those it's countdowns, cool. like every time you went to work, you've got 10 days, you've got 12 days. Like, yeah. I was just like, yeah, okay, we, we don't need a, a specific countdown. That annoyed me. Um, <laughs> I, know you, I, I know you liked this, but that dream sequence to me. Um, oh, okay. It was not like that was not needed at all. What did that add? It didn't. It gave me anything. a jump. Like, I know it gave you. It gave you a jump scare. But was this like this? The, the, was, she had a dream that she thought someone else was there. Okay, that's nice. Didn't add anything. It was just I thought it was useless. It was also the idea of her escaping though, because I, I, I you sort of look at that laundry shoot, which whether it existed in the actual house or not, I doubt. Mm. Um, it made me think that she, you know she can't get escaping off her mind. No, but if she goes down the chute, she's going to be trapped with the other person. Uh, oh, <laughs> terrifying the only other yeah i know the only other thing um that annoyed me was they because they didn't need this either and it was the the scene where they go into the expository about the cutler the cutlery drawer having this magnetic mm. field so she couldn't use any of them as weapons <laughs> when realistically you could have just had her with a shot at the table him leaving a knife or something behind when he cuts her food for her you don't need to show us why she hasn't like we can probably work out that he's got everything locked up oh uh, yeah <laughs> yeah i mean the um, fact yeah. that she was she only had a fork was pretty obvious yeah. that she didn't have access to knives. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? So you don't really need to show us the draw. Um, yeah, that's uh, me done with the things that I sort of uh, found interesting about this one. <laughs> See what I mean, though, about the, the bad things about this film I found kind of charming. Like, just charming. like, oh, that's, you made a mistake, but you know what? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's how I yeah. felt with this film. Yeah, it's hard to be angry at it. It's yeah, crazy. it was. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, what, what was this one trying to say? What are some ideas that you, you, you took out of this one, even if they weren't? fully developed yeah good point actually but look the main question i ask myself is is what makes something human and this is this is something i actually think they did quite well because the connection that they did create between tau and julia it was real like it, it's easy to say oh but he's just a robot and then you think back to the decisions he was making by the end and it, the the evolution that he'd gone through by developing this relationship was um was pretty satisfying for me and it made me think like why is he not classified as a person or why why can't you have a friendship with someone like this is it's a really intriguing question and obviously a lot of films have done this like the the most obvious one is with 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 her um you know when he falls in love with his ai on his phone it's like at what point do we actually think that this is not a per? I, I don't know. It's it's just an interesting concept. I, I, I really th- like to talk about what you like. I like the idea that Alex, he makes some comment about um, for Tau, like he needs Tau to be predictable and controlled before he could, you know, <clears throat> yeah. use use Tau anywhere else. And and to me, that's, that's how he feels about, um, or almost feels about Julia is that, She's predictable and she can be controlled. I know that she's going to go for the cutlery drawer. I know that mm. she's going to try and go for the the door as soon as I go. So I can control her by saying, hey, I'm not going to feed you. I'm not going to let you shower. I'll tie you up, whatever I need to do. I can control you. I can predict your movements. Whereas he has this acknowledgement that with Tao, this AI that he's created, he can't quite control yet. And, and yeah, it's a really, really good point that it, he he obviously knows that he can't control him, but he thinks he can. Yeah, it was it was really good sort of. Well, that's why he makes the idea. Yeah, makes the point about 
he can't know that there's a world that exists outside of this mm. house. And and as soon as Julia got that information, she started explaining this world and, and the the understanding of Tao to develop his knowledge and even just sympathy for, for why he's in this situation and wanting to learn more and building that relationship with Julia just felt really, really impactful. And, and yeah, I guess that's the main, the main theme, if you want to call it, that I take out of the film. Yeah. Um, like I mentioned this before too, that, that idea of trauma that, that uh, Julia had experienced and sort of repairing this. And I, I like that idea if they had of gone a bit deeper with it. Mm. Um, also escape too, like, you know, not just yeah. like Julia is obviously physically trapped in this house and wanting to escape, but you've got Tao who wants mm. to escape from being a computer almost as well. Um, so you've yeah. got these two characters that, that need to escape from different situations, but that, that whole idea of both of them wanting the same thing just in different ways. Mm. Um, Definitely. And, and the last thing I, I had as well is like this, this idea of power and, you know, obeying those with power. And, and like you mentioned earlier, it was very blatant. And, you know, this whole idea about creators just creating and, you know, you grow up to become your own and you do it, you know, for each other and for people that you care about. So, um, yeah, there, there's some nice little things in this. You know, that just probably weren't done very well, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not angry look, about that it not being done. They, yeah. <laughs> and they weren't even done badly. Uh, yeah, you're right. It wasn't. Again, a film that lacked subtlety wasn't explicit in its uh, position on some of these things. But yeah, I, I think there's there's some fascinating stuff about the the idea of AI and 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 that understanding and feeling and and to your point, escaping and being your own thing in person and making your own decisions. It's there's there's a lot there that that's pretty. It's a pretty good start to a to a really good film. It's all there. Yeah, and- and like I, we haven't even mentioned it yet, but um, you know, Maker Munro, for the amount of acting that she would have done with a green screen with no actual mm. um, <clears throat> actors, yeah, true, to run dialogue off. Like, it's it's not my favorite performance, but she did a, a decent job for what she would have had to have done um, to make it, you know, believable. I guess the soothing tones of Gary Oldman would have helped. Yeah, but do you reckon she would have been able to hear his voice when she was? At, I don't reckon she would have. I reckon there would have been someone standing off the side reading the dialogue. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. You're probably right. All right, what do we take away from this one? What did you take from this film, MJ? Anything good? Anything bad? Well, it's it's it, it just had it has that ability to pull you into this world, and, and I think you can probably tell from our conversation right now that it, it it does pull you into this world, and you just go with it. And for me, it was. I'm going to also take away the fact that it was kind of a satisfying ending. Uh, if you go in with lowish expectations, you actually might mm-hmm. come out, you know, happy enough in this film. But I, I look back on it. I only watched it a couple of days ago, but I look back on it with with happy memories. Like I, I, I left this movie, yeah, satisfied. Okay, good. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I was happy for a sci-fi film. Um, it's, it is like it is a bit of a poor man sci-fi though it is a oh yeah it's a b it's a b grade sort of sci-fi and yep. i think the the thing that i take the most is the the visuals like you can see where this director you know he's got such a good eye but we've already mentioned this as well that the the, the plot or the 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 screenplay could have maybe gone for another um another rewrite um mm. just to to fix a few little things up but 
yeah, I mean, I'm not angry at this. Like I've said this a couple of times, I'm not angry with this film. I, I just, I'm disappointed. I guess it's like when a when a kid gives you work that you like, they know has have so much potential, and then like you're like, oh, I'm so disappointed in this. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I'm feeling. <laughs> all right, did you um, jump on IMDb at all at any stage for this one? I kind of did, but I didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't do it during the film, uh, but after the film, I did look up Alex, who's played by Ed Scrain. And this, this has just been a very fascinating discovery. Have you, have you, do you know much about him? No, I don't. Fill me in. So he played Dario in Game of Thrones when, it, when oh. he originally was in the first, those three episodes. Mm. It was eventually recast by Michael Heisman, who was actually an irreplaceable you with Gugu Mbatha Raw. Um, so he was the original Dario. And then I sort of did a bit of digging. And it, it seems like he was basically sacked from Game of Thrones because um, yeah. they did three episodes and then they got then they got uh, Mikhail Heisman in it. And I just wanted to f- figure out sort of why. And he, he basically says, like, politics, you know, got in the way of them not continuing him in that role. Um, but it just seems to be whether it was creative decisions or any contract disputes that the team behind Game of Thrones kind of felt like there was a better option to move on to another actor. And they've gone for a very different look and feel with that actor. But yeah, I, I've always thought that when I watch Game of Thrones, I'm like, oh, they changed the character. And it's like really different. And it was this guy. So Very good pickup. Yeah. I yeah. I, uh, yeah, I didn't jump on. I was like, uh, I, nah, there was the, you had two characters really. And yeah. I didn't um, get on at all for either of those. Okay. Question time. I'm excited for this. I think we can have some good questions for this one too. <laughs> what have you got to ask me? Okay, so if Alex erases um, Tao's code, surely he makes him less efficient and then takes away his capabilities rather than his memories. Like, you know, every time he yeah, true. punished him, I'm like, you're making this incredible product worse every time you do that. I didn't see, because he's like, he's erasing code. It's like, oh. He's making it worse. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Like, is that how you? Would say? Yeah, I don't know. There's one line where Tao said, you know, because she asked him what happens, and he's like, "Oh, it takes away my memories for the day or something." Yeah. Um. But yeah, I get what you mean. Like, you're surely making your product less. Yeah, you're just um, destroying yeah, it. Yeah, it's it's not as um efficient or able to do what you want it to do. Yeah. Mm. Um. <laughs> these que- these questions are a bit less. Uh, you have to think as much, but why didn't she? kill him when she took his hand like why'd she i guess i guess in it uh, now i'm answering myself but she just probably just needed the hand and then bug it off but she left him alive i would have just gone for the jugular with that thing straight away yeah i was surprised he was able to get up and move around missing a hand yeah i think you'd be in quite a bit of shock that you wouldn't be able to actually get up and walk around the house to be honest <laughs> Pass out. Uh, my last question, and this is probably more to do with the idea of like AI versus human, but why on earth did she come back when she had that out and she was climbing away? Yeah. Because she cared like, for Tao. <laughs> I know. And you know what? When I first watched it, I was like, what are you doing? Like, this, you're not going to get a chance to get out of here again. And now when I like pose the question, I'm like, MJ, like, come on, because because her relationship with Tao, she had to save yeah. Tao. Like, it's the feelings, it's the feels. It's, it's uh, <laughs> I felt good when she was getting out of there. <laughs> good, um, yeah, that was that was some good questions. I like those. <laughs> 
I've got I've got a few. <laughs> I've got quite right. a few for you. These are, these are some, so we've we've sort of touched on this one already throughout because I had my answer, which I've probably already said. But um, what could Alex's AI actually do that would change the world? Um, I think I, you've I answered. Think, we've answered yeah, that. We answered perfect that one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So it, it's about to do with fixing the trauma in people's lives and making yeah, removing that out. And, yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. Um. All right. So Alex, all the money that he has, why does he kidnap people for the experiments instead of letting them volunteer for compensation? If he's getting like a billion bucks for each project he does, surely you could don't, pay someone and be like, huh? I don't think they live. Like I, I don't think. I don't think he's killing them because it's okay. not working. Yeah. I think even if it works, that patient dies. Okay. Because he's good, got to remove that chip or whatever. And when he removes it, they die. And I think even if you get a successful patient and you get the answers that you want, you still need to remove that chip and that patient's still going to die. Okay. All right. Good. Okay. Um, so this, so this this maybe leads to what I think about Tao, but why does Tao feel pain when Alex wants him to? Does that lead to the idea that he possibly already had a bit of humanity before meeting Julie? Either yeah. that or he was programmed to feel pain. And that's feel that's pain. What, yeah. what gives Alex the power over him that he's got that ability to punish him. Good. Okay. Like that. Uh, we didn't see any of this on screen, so this is just a hypothetical, but... How does Alex know that the people, they seem random that he kidnaps, that they're going to be in, intelligent enough to solve his puzzles? Like, do you think that he has like a full team that go and investigate people or? That's like, why I, I didn't quite understand the puzzles and where they came mm. into it. Wasn't that just, yeah. was it to, to do with like brain? Because it was to do with improvement though. It yeah. wasn't to do with uh, how well you actually did, I, I think. Was it just to do with like if you were getting better or worse each day? Yeah, but I don't understand how that ties in with trauma. So that's why I was like, yeah. I, no, neither do I. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Hmm. But I think Cause maybe, because yeah. you know the girl that couldn't speak because her brain was fried apparently. Right. Yeah. Maybe one of the issues he was having with it was when he was doing those experiments, he was making them dumber and dumber until they couldn't even talk. And he's hmm. he got them to do puzzles every day just to see whether that brain functionality remained, maybe. Yeah, yeah. good explanation. Yeah. yeah, I can take that. Um, Julia, That's a great question. Julia, is she a strong role model for self-preservation, creative thinking, and never giving up? Did you see her as like a, a positive shining light at the end? I think so. Yeah, I think. Well, I think, as I said, she. Think. Yeah. I, she made some bad decisions, but all those, but she, she never did give up. She kind of had a plan all along. Like her, her befriending Tao was a conscious decision. And she she got the dirt on Tao from Alex deliberately to see how far she could push it. Like it, it was well thought out, um, despite the fact that it was a bit jerky at times. So, mm. and then obviously that desire to escape never left her, and that fight and that ability to saw someone's hand off was always there. So <laughs> yeah, she, I'll she say got yes. over the line, got over the line yeah. in the end. So yeah, definitely. All right, last one. Um, the end. This is this. I wanted to save this for the end. So. The end, we see Julia leaves the house and she's got Tao in that little robot mm. or that little thing. So what was the Tao that was that as she was leaving that didn't recognize her? So did Tao split off into two? Were there two Taos in the end or was like, I was confused because. So that was like a fragment of Tao because remember that was the, the one where he, he put, he made it offline. Yep. 
So he there was a point like a day before that where he grabbed that little cleaning bug thing bug, and, yeah. and put it put it offline. So any changes to the tower that was made in the master system wouldn't yeah. have been made to that little tower. Okay, so that so tower he, he, that, that tower remained memories from prior to that last memory wipe. All right, so that tower that's in her hand wouldn't have any idea that Alex is no longer alive or that whole system no longer exists. That's my take, yes. Okay, cool. All right, good, 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 good. That's, yeah, I just need some clarification. That's good. Yeah. Cool. Good. All right, that, that was good. Yeah, good. Thank you. I'm glad that uh, we cleared some of those things up. That was good. Uh, some of them all I just, right. just went with. I'm happy to take your, um, your takes on these because they were all very good, so... We're at that stage uh, where I think we're ready to wrap this one up and um, we give our Flix Forum rating out of five on the film. So, MJ, what, what what are your final thoughts for this one? Yeah, like the movie did lack a lot. And in essence, it was it was pretty ordinary, but <laughs> it, it had this almost indescribable charm to it. And in, in no way was I really bothered by its flaws. Mm. So you combine that with a cliche, deserved happy ending. And I turned this movie off feeling satisfied enough. So it's a, it's an honest two and a half stars for me. Nice. Good. Well, yeah, this last week I was a bit like, oh, I'm going to bring my score down. This week I've been like, oh, should I put it up a little bit? Um, so, yeah, like, you know, thinking like this could have been so much better if they mm. focused on that trauma. And I think that's what's really let this one down for me is if you focus more on that trauma of her life, her previous life, you have more idea behind what Alex is doing. You have more idea behind Tao. You connect better to all three of them. Um, mm. It would have been more meaningful and it would have given this emphasis to the idea of life and being a human. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm going to give it a two. I'm giving it a two out of five, um, mm. which gives us an average of a 2.25 out of five. For what it's worth, I think I think they really did try and focus on the trauma. Like, I think that was mm. that link and I, I just don't think they did a very good job of it. Yep. Like yep. that that's what I mean by and, and you sort of said it as well. All the, it was all there. They kind of had all these ideas. They just didn't put it together very well. Hmm. Good. All right. Well, we're on social media. We've got Facebook, Twitter, mm. Instagram. Follow us if you can. Check out our question of the week. This week, I want to know if you could have an AI installed on your house, would you do it? Oh, have you seen that <laughs> Simpsons episode, The Treehouse of Horror, where they get Pierce Brosnan is there? AI and he, he falls in love voice. with Marge. Well, that, oh, they no. choose the voice. Yeah, he yeah. falls in love with Marge and he tries to kill Homer, and mm. um, that, that terrifies me. So I, I said no. <laughs> I've also it would be so convenient, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would be yeah. great. Just turn the lights on. I guess you can almost do that. With Google, Google Home. Google Home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we're getting there. Yeah, creepy. But yeah, so that's um what we'll pop up for this week and. We're back again like next that. week for our next episode, which what do we got? is a comedy from okay. 2018. It's called The Legacy of a Whitetail Deer Hunter. It's right. directed by Jody Hill, and this has got a pretty decent cast. It stars okay. Josh Brolin, oh, Montana yes. Jordan, and Danny McBride. So, um, Right. Yeah, so hopefully Danny McBride usually makes me laugh, so I'm hoping yeah. that's the case for this one. Yeah, um, and yeah. Josh Brolin is just amazing. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, We'll check that one out next week if you want to watch before we chat. But um, thanks I will, for if, yeah, if you don't mind, I will. Yeah, good. I, I hope you will. Otherwise, it could be an awkward uh, conversation. I think we've made that joke before. Yeah, we have. <laughs> they they might not have listened to the yeah, other episodes. <laughs> Thank you again for chatting, MJ. It's been, been good talking, and I've enjoyed that one.
Thanks, mate. That was a great chat. Uh, good old little towel. I'm going to remember that one. I might even watch it again one day. <laughs> and um, I'll see you next week. See you then, mate.